Lecture topic. Three steps to success. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-nadheen astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. وأمر أهلك بالصلاة واصطبر عليها لا نسألك رزقا نحن نرزقك والعاقبة للمتقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا قمت إلى الصلاة فصل صلاة مودع ولا تكلم بكلام تعتذر منه غدا واجمع الياس مما في ايدي الناس او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسفكر علماء الكرام رضي الله عنه صحابي كيم تو رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اند هي اسكت هيم فور سم ادفايس ذا ادفايس ذات هي اسكت فور هي اولسو added to it that please keep it brief now these are things that we have heard many times before the advice that nabi sallallahu gave the lessons that come out of it but the issue is that how much of it has translated into action into our lives so these lessons are not just for academic lessons or something just for increasing one's knowledge but all this is for the purpose of amal for bringing into our day to day lives because the solution to everything every problem every difficulty whatever we are looking for some solution to is all in deen it's what allah taala has given us in the quran sharif what rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has passed on to us in his mubarak ahadith that's where is the solution to everything now it depends on us whether we want to really benefit from the solution then the benefit will come from amal it will come from translating that knowledge into practice from translating that knowledge into real life action and then we will enjoy what we are hoping for otherwise we will continue complaining about many many things we'll complain about the rocketing inflation will complain about so many other issues that are around us but that's where it will be and we'll finish off with complaints and a lot of analysis a lot of detailed analysis about what's probably behind this and that but what is mentioned in the quran sharif what is the cause of these issues and what is the solution to it then that we will be far away from So in any case this advice also while it is very very general for all times for all situations and it applies to us every day of our lives but the things that we keep complaining about it is even more relevant for us always is relevant always very relevant but even more relevant so the sahabi came and he asked rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that give me some advice and keep it brief why because i want to make this a part of my life so i want to digest this and they came repeatedly and asked but they wanted to practice on it this is why they sometimes added this that please keep it very brief so i can digest it fully and i can start translating it into action but the question was posed to none other than rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam who was jawami'ul kalim 
and who had the mu'jiza and miracle of encompassing volumes and oceans of knowledge in few words. So Rasulullah gave him three advices. But these three advices, if we really adhere to this, it will take care of all our issues. The first advice Rasulullah gave to him was, that إِذَا قُمْتَ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَصَلِّ صَلَاةً مُوَدِّعٍ When you stand up to perform salah, then you perform your salah as if this is your last salah. As if it is the salah that now you are never going to get a chance to perform another salah. So if a person was sure that this is the last salah of his life, what will be the quality of that salah? Now this is the lesson that we have been given, that mashallah, many of us perform our salah, but to start off with, is it regular on time? Is it five times a day? Sometimes a person is appeasing himself that I'm making for salah. MashaAllah, that's very good in making for salah. But in the court of Allah Ta'ala, a person who's missing one salah daily, or missing one salah every now and again also, this person is in serious danger. He is in very, very serious danger because this draws down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. In the books of fiqh, the ruling for a person who has missed out a salah without a valid reason. No valid reason which Sharia regards as valid, recognizes as valid. He just missed it. And this person now is called Tariq salah Somebody who has forsaken his salah or missed his salah. According to the three great Imams of Fiqh, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah, Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah, Imam Malik rahimahullah, these three Imams of the view, such person is to be beheaded. Such person is to be beheaded who missed his salah without valid reason and the time passed. The lowest or the lightest ruling in this regard is that of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah. He says such a person should be imprisoned and then he should be punished, he should be lashed and whooped. Unless he then makes sincere tawbah and he commits himself never to miss his salah again, well and good, he'll be released. And if not, then he will continue facing that punishment. If his life comes out in it, it comes out. Now this itself highlights how much of importance there is to salah in deen. That these are not things that have been taken out of anybody's pocket. This has been deduced in the light of the Quran and Sunnah, this ruling has been deduced by these Imams of Fiqh. That some of the view that this person has to be beheaded. We complain about the rocketing inflation and all the various problems that go along with that. But the solution to that Allah has given us already in Salah. وَأْمُرْ أَهَلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَاسْتَبِرْ عَلَيْهَا Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, you command your family also to perform their Salah. And you also be punctual upon it. Be steadfast upon it. So it's not just ourselves. That's first and foremost our own responsibility. But likewise we have a responsibility towards our household. Which is Allah Ta'ala giving us this responsibility in the Quran Sharif. It's not that I did my job and whatever else, somebody else is up to them. No, no, it's not just up to them. It's up to us as well. That how much effort we made to try and inculcate the importance of salah in the lives of our household, people in our, within our jurisdiction at least, those we have some authority over, 
those who are interacting with all the time, and then it grows on a wider scale, all and every one and all. But first and foremost, ourselves and our household, Allah has placed His responsibility on us. So Allah Taala says, "You command your family members with salah that is preceded, that said first, and wastabir aliha. You also be punctual upon it." And side by side, Allah says, "La nasaluka rizqa." We don't ask you for sustenance. We grant you sustenance. Sustenance comes, Allah Ta'ala is the grantor and the giver of sustenance, but the means Allah has made is punctuality and adherence to salah in the proper manner. So to the extent of that quality of salah, then the rahmat of Allah will come as well. And for males, for adult males, salah with jama'ah is wajib. And the hadith is well known to us, where Rasulullah said that I had intended to tell somebody else to perform the salah and go to the homes of those who are not attending the masjid for salah. Not that those who are performing it at home, but they are not attending the masjid without a valid reason. And my intention was to burn their homes down. But had it not been for the women and children in those homes, I would have done it. This was meant to be highlighting the severity of missing salah with jama'ah in the masjid without a valid reason. So this is a very, very fundamental part of deen, the most important aspect and amal of deen after iman or salah. We're looking for solutions in everything. The solution is in salah. Bring salah alive. And bring it alive in our homes. That salah is not performed in the last bit of time, either missed out that is beyond imagination, or the last bit of time now in a very hurried and haphazard manner, given priority of time. Given the highest priority in the day. That salah is performed in good time, in the proper manner. So in any case, this was the first lesson that Nabi Islam gave him. That perform salah like it is the last salah, that you'll never get another chance. And one meaning of this is salat muwaddi'in, somebody who's left everything else behind. He's now come and attached his heart to Allah Ta'ala. He hasn't brought all the baggage of the outside inside. So in any case, this was the first advice Rasulullah Islam gave him. The second advice وَلَا تَكَلَّمْ بِكَلَامٍ تَعْتَذِرُ مِنْهُ غَدًا Don't speak something that you're going to regret tomorrow. Don't say something that you are going to regret tomorrow. What are we going to regret? Either we'll regret in dunya, or either we're going to regret... If we didn't see the regret in dunya, akhirat is coming. Now people sometimes speak things which they don't give any second thought to. What did I say? Why? What's going to be the problem? What's going to be the outcome of this? It doesn't matter person swears and doesn't think anything about it, swears at his wife sometimes, sometimes wives are swearing at husbands to hear about, and person swearing at his staff maybe, why? Because something wasn't done as he wanted it, somebody is swearing at anybody who irritated him, and thinks nothing about it, whereas this tongue is such a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala, and Allah Ta'ala has warned us and cautioned us, say that which is correct, what is good. Say to my servants to say that which is best. Now a person is just going around swearing, not bothered how he speaks, what he's saying. That he's not just fizzled out in the air and there's no repercussions of it, no consequences of it. All this will bite back. And Nabi Salaam is giving us this very, very emphasized advice. وَلَا تَكَلَّمْ بِكَلَامٍ تَعْتَذِرُ مِنْهُ غَدًا we are the ummatis of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, 
not just in certain selected things. We are his ummatis in taking his entire example and following in his Mubarak footsteps in every aspect of life. And even in regards to how he spoke, that should become our aspiration. That I should speak in emulating the Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa In the ahadith, one of the descriptions regarding Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, never was vulgar by nature. And neither was he vulgar deliberately. Sometimes a person is just by nature, every other word is a fancy word. And sometimes a person now is forcing himself to say some things in a certain way, for whatever reason. Nabi Islam never brought vulgarity on his tongue at any instance. No matter what was the condition. Nabi Islam never ever brought any vulgar word on his tongue. Many a times a person sometimes is talking some kind of vulgarity and then when somebody cautions him, he says, no, this sort of deserved it. This wife deserved it. If we get what we deserve from Allah Ta'ala, we won't exist. And what will be in the akhirat, Allah knows. And we feel everybody else deserves what we want to say. Nobody deserves anything that can be haram on our tongues. And Allah forbid we feel people deserve this what we'll end up deserving as a result of it, Allah Ta'ala save us. You see, in the court of Allah Ta'ala, there he and there nahi. There's respite, but Allah is not unaware. Allah is aware of everything. Your Rabb never forgets. But if the servant makes sincere toba, makes amends, where he has caused harm and hurt to people, he has sought their forgiveness. He has made amends. Allah Ta'ala forgives as well. But never to think this is forgotten and gone in thin air. It all comes back in time, Allah forbid. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Let alone being vulgar. He would never even shout where, even in the marketplace. Why marketplace? Because there everybody shouts. Nobody thinks twice about shouting there. Because the whole world is shouting there. But where is it? the whole world is shouting, even there he didn't shout. So what can we imagine he ever shouted at home? Where can it be imagined he ever shouted at home? Yes, if something had to be addressed sometimes in a firm manner, he addressed it firmly too. As Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha mentioned on one occasion, that somebody said something, somebody said something as a comment with regards to another person. Some comment, now again the use of the tongue. Some negative comments. And the comment wasn't anything vulgar. It was about the height of the person. Or it was about something about this person's background. Rasulullah replied and said, You have said such a thing that if, the, if that statement was put into the ocean, it will pollute the water of the entire ocean. It will pollute the water of the entire ocean. It was somebody who had come from a Jewish background, so that was just mentioned. That, that person who's come from a Jewish background, that much. The beast asked, if you put this statement in the ocean, it would have polluted the entire ocean. He didn't make things light in explaining that. So that too was something very, that's a lesson for us. How many things we say and think nothing about it. We pick on people's whole family lineage. 
Somebody we have a problem with, we swear his father and his grandfather, person has a problem with his wife, he's swearing her grandfather and great-grandfather. And likewise the wife sometimes is swearing the old lineage. I don't think anything about it. This was one statement just made, this person who's come from a Jewish background, maybe he starts to put it in the ocean, he'll pollute the water of the entire ocean. If that statement wasn't repented from such a statement which, which we make, so many statements we make, if that has the potential of polluting the entire ocean, what is going to do to a person's amal on the day of Qiyamah? How much of it it will cancel? All the good deeds, which will then be taken and given away to people he harmed. If this is how poisonous one statement of this nature can be, spiritually poisonous. So Rasulullah is giving this lesson. Don't say something which you will have to regret tomorrow. Either the tomorrow of dunya or the tomorrow of akhirat. It's coming. Akhirat is coming. We can't escape that. And the last advice that Rasulullah gave him that what We are all the time worried about the inflation and prices going up and whatnot. But the lesson that Nabi Islam is giving us is of contentment. They become content. This is the crux of it. And when a person is content, then he will be able to adopt simplicity. And the solution to these issues is in simplicity. Allah in al bazazata min al iman. Nabi Islam on occasion three times he repeated the statement. In al bazazata min al iman. Simplicity is out of Iman. It's an attribute of Iman. It stems from the zeal of Iman. That a person is passionate about being conscious of the requirements of Iman, what Iman dictates from him. He wants to live the attributes of Iman, then part of his life will be simplicity. He won't be chasing after brand labels and paying exorbitant prices just for the brand name. He won't be trying to make a name for himself in some wedding, some function, by putting all kinds of fancy things that are going to be torn and thrown away, just for that, making it a little bit glittery. So now the thousands of rands will be spent, which could have been given to somebody who is in a dire situation, doesn't have food to eat. But because I have given some charity already, so I can waste this much. That wastage is not going to be taken care of by the charity that was given. The charity will get rewarded. The wastage you still have to be accountable for. And Allah forbid, if that wastage is taken to account, it might become more severe than all the charity given. So it doesn't warrant wastage because I've given some charity. So I've already given the poor so much, so I can waste so much also. No, no, every cent is Allah Ta'ala's ni'mad. And every cent will be accountable for the day of Qiyamah. A person won't be able to move from the spot that he is standing on, on the day of Qiyamah, until he answers those four questions, one of which is, وَأَنْ مَالِهِ مِنْ أَيْنَ اكْتَسَبَهُ وَفِيمَ أَنْفَقَ How did he earn his wealth? Was it correct? And that doesn't finish off there, how he spent it as well. How much of it was wasted? Just to make a name. Just because somebody else did it in a certain way, I got to do it better. Or in other things which are futile, completely wasted. One is some tangible luxury, comfort, benefit, Allah Ta'ala bless somebody, Mubarak, enjoy it. And share it with others as well. But what goes into the part of wastage, that is something very dangerous. Inna Allah la yuhibbul musrifeen. Allah Ta'ala does not love those who waste. So the person who brings contentment in his life, 
He'll be able to curtail things that are not necessary. Maybe something he's on a very luxurious level, he can't afford it now, he'll do without it. But if there's no contentment, then a person is going to try to chase after everything that his heart desires. And if he doesn't have the means, he's going to cut corners to get, get it. And one thing that leads to another, then from cutting corners, he's cutting right through things of halal and haram, not concerned of how he's earning, what kind of corruption is taking place, and then Allah forbid we are making our place in Jahannam. So these are three very, very simple advices, as mentioned, we've heard many times before, and it's something to repeat over and over again for ourselves, to keep revising these lessons in our own hearts and in our homes, to bring these things alive. This is where our solution lies to all our issues in dunya also, and this will pave our way for Jannat as well. Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.